0: Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile of the Podcast. This is episode 206 called Jillian. This episode is supported by Receptiva DX. Getting pregnant isn't always easy as so many of you listening know. Many couples struggle with infertility and unexplained infertility can be particularly frustrating. Receptiva DX is the only test that can identify endometriosis, progesterone resistance, and endometritis in a single sample, all causes for unexplained infertility and the success rates of IVF treatments. Receptiva DX includes BCL-6, a marker that identifies uterine inflammation, most often associated with asymptomatic, aka silent, endometriosis. BCL-6 is found in more than 50% of women with unexplained infertility and over 65% of women with two or more IVF failures. If positive for the Receptiva DX test, treatment options can improve the chances for a successful live birth five-bold. Learn more at receptivadx.com or download their app, which is also called Receptiva DX. And for $75 off, you can go to their website, order the test and use code infertileaf23. Again, it's receptivadx.com, use code infertileaf23. Thanks, DX. This episode is brought to you by Circle Surrogacy. Surrogacy can be a beautiful way to grow your family. While it may not be the original path to parenthood you thought you'd be on, surrogacy and egg donation enable so many singles and couples to be parents. Having an experienced agency by your side to guide you and manage your journey means you can focus on what's important, the arrival of your baby. Intended parents and surrogates recommend Circle Surrogacy because of the company's 27-year history of bringing over 2,800 babies into the world. And with a 99.3% success rate for parents, Circle also delivers peace of mind. If you'd like to see what surrogacy is all about, visit circlesurrogacy.com or follow them on social media at Circlesurrogacy. Thanks, Circle. Okay guys, oh my God, I love this episode today and I know you're going to love it too. My guest today is the very cool, very funny, just very real Jillian Sipkins, who is an interior designer, a photographer, a mom of two. And she is married to magician and magic for human star, Justin Willman, who, if you guys haven't seen that show on Netflix, it is so good. And I've seen him actually a few times live with my kids. So if you haven't, check it out. Another thing you have to watch after this episode, after listening to this, you have to go on YouTube and watch Jill and Justin do their versions of Drunk History. They do two. One is about how they met One is about their son's birth story, and they are both fucking hilarious. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, but mostly about Jill's fertility story and her journey, her miscarriage, getting pregnant with her son, and then their surrogacy story, which led to their very new baby girl. So without further ado, this is Jill's infertility story. Hi, Jill. Thank you so much Hi, for doing Ellie. this. It's so good Great to meet to you. Good to see you. Good to, Great meet to you. See you. Well, I'm so happy that you wanted to share your story today because, you know, I saw what you'd posted recently about your surrogacy journey. And it made I just watched it again and it made me well up because it was so beautiful. And I think, you know, when I asked you to do this, you were like, yes, it's important to talk about this stuff, which I couldn't agree more. So thank you for that.
1: Let's start at the beginning. Did you always want to be a mom? I did. I mean, well, you know, I I think I went through one sort of rebellious phase in my 20s where I was like, no, I'm not having children. And I think that may have had to do with the fact that I wasn't dating anyone and I was just not seeing it. And then it sort of all came flooding back to me when I met my husband. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do want kids. And I think my mom breathed a sigh of relief, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And we talked about, we kind of talked about it right away. We were like, we, you know, we knew both of us wanted to like get married and have children and have a family. Okay. So how did you guys meet? We met, um, I'll actually, I'll send you the video because we made a little, um, drunk history parody about it but we, we met, I was shooting an event where he was performing. He's a magician. Okay. Yes. And, um, full disclosure,
0: we- I have seen him live with my daughter when she was oh, you have? younger. Oh my yeah.
1: gosh, that's amazing. I've seen him okay. twice. Great. It was oh, so fun. amazing. And we
0: did the meet and greet too. So I'll have to send you a picture when we were wearing shirts that say Susan. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so fun. It's a great <laughs> oh, show. So great. You saw him yeah. in New York. I saw him.
1: Yeah. Oh, fun.
0: Yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Yeah. I think one time was in Long Island and one time was at like Caroline's in New York or something.
1: Oh yeah. I definitely was with him on one of the Caroline okay trips before, yeah. before children. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So we met when he was at an event where he was performing and I was at the time doing like event wedding photography. And so I happened to be there shooting it and we sort of clocked each other. And then we didn't actually start dating <laughs> for a couple of years after that, maybe okay. a year or two. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were both, you know, in relationships at the time and we sort of just like had followed each other on social media and then we were both single and we sort of went from there.
0: Okay. So when yeah. did you guys start talking about family building? Like, were you
1: obviously it's not like the first date. Do you want a million kids? But yeah. Right. You know, were I you on know, the same with him, page? maybe he's sort of, he's like even more of an open book than I am. Um, <laughs> he's like what he's like that guy who's like, Oh, hi, nice to meet you. I think I'll marry you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Did he we say right?
0: that? Was he, I'm sure he was like, smitten. He did
1: tell, well, yes. You know, pretty early on, he was like, I love you. I want, I want to marry you. And I was like, ha ha. You know, <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Yeah, but he yeah. So he was pretty open about about wanting kids, and I at that point knew that that was what I wanted, and so we got married about mm, maybe a year and a half after we started dating. So pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, No, maybe it was two years. Anyway, it's all. Uh I know it's like um, what is time? (laughs) What is time? Especially now. I know, right? Um, Yeah, and I remember the night that we got engaged was when we started like making a list of baby names. (laughs) So we were like
0: into it. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. So backtracking a little bit, Jill, what did you know about like your fertility growing up? This is a common theme. I feel like with women, you know, like these days for me, for example, it was like, you're going to get pregnant if you don't use protection. It's so easy oh, to get totally. pregnant. Yeah. And it was just drilled in our heads, like, mm-hmm. use protection or you get pregnant. So, like, when I was having problems getting pregnant, I was literally like, what the
1: fuck? Like, where did this come from? You know? Exactly. So, exactly. exactly. What like, did oh, you know? Like, what did
0: you learn in school?
1: I definitely, yeah, I definitely had that fear of, like, anytime that, you know, anything sexual happens, I need to take a pregnancy test, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I was, it was drilled into my head. Yeah. And then I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was 18. Okay. Um, and one of the first things that my doctor at the time handed me was a pamphlet about how hard it was going to be for me to be pregnant, basically. Mm. And so from the time I was pretty young and not even really thinking about kids at that point, I was, I sort of had it in my brain that it was going to be difficult for me. Um, And that I was going to have to have really tight control if I ever wanted to do that. And that, you know, there could be all kinds of problems and Mm -hmm. all that. So did they um, tell
0: you that you were going to have to use like assisted reproductive technology necessarily, or it was just going to be hard?
1: No, they just, it was just, it became clear to me that it was going to be dangerous for my body or that it could be dangerous for my body. It wasn't until I actually started trying to have kids that I got on some forums and realized that like, Oh, there are women with type one who are doing this and they're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Um, and the babies are fine. And you know, for the most part, and, and it sort of gave me a newfound confidence about the whole thing, but there was like, you know, 15 years where I was like, Oh, there's definitely a, there's a chance that I'm going to have like a, you know, a baby with all kinds of issues or the baby won't make it or, you know, and it'll be my fault and all that. So it was yeah, sort of scary. It was a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: that is a lot, know, especially you learn
0: that at like 18.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which at the, You know, when you're 18, you're like, whatever. I'm, you know, that's yeah. not a problem right now, but it was always this little seed in the back of my head that was like, Oh, when I do want to do this, it's going to be, a harder for me than other people. Well, that's mm-hmm. cool. You know? Right. Exactly. Cool. 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 Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what happened when you guys did indeed like
1: start to try? Um, when we started trying, I got pregnant right away. Like okay. the first month that we, that I went off birth control, which had been like the first time I've been off birth control since I was like 15, you know, right, like, totally. like my body was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and I got pregnant and then I'm, and then that was a miscarriage that that pregnancy was a ended in miscarriage at about eight weeks and so then we I sort of we took a break we like went to Japan and like you know ate Mm -hmm. sushi and drank sake and then we came back and I thought well it was so easy you know it'll be easy again Mm -hmm. and started trying and then we're trying and trying and didn't get pregnant again for eight months okay and then Finally, at that point, you know, that was when we were going to start looking into solutions. And I did get pregnant on my own. Uh, And about a week into that pregnancy, I started bleeding really heavily. And
0: so scary.
1: I know I called my doctor and I was like, uh, you know, I'm bleeding. He said, you know, obviously there's nothing you can we can do. It's really early. And he said, come in next week and we'll make sure everything has cleared. And, you know, I can you guys can try again or whatever. I'll just make sure. And I bled and bled and went in, and the next week, and the pregnancy was there. Oh my so, gosh! So that whole
0: time, were you thinking I'm having a miscarriage? I'm just gonna oh yeah. let it pass. And okay, totally
1: oh cramping, bleeding, oh everything. You know, that must have been devastating. And that entire pregnancy with my son, I bled the whole time. Okay. It was a subchorionic. a huge one that just like would continue to open and continue to open. And it would go in and he would be like, well, you know, the baby's still in there, but there's still a chance that you're going to miscarry and I'll Uh, see you next week kind of a thing. That's terrifying. So you're never really able to relax, right? Never. No. And I, and it was just like, you know, during this time where you're never supposed to bleed, I bled the entire time and I would I mean, again, here comes a big TMI, you know, right up front. But yeah. I would pass awesome. these clots that are like the size of lemons, you know. Oh my and god! Like, yeah, that's for sure a miscarriage. And then I'd go in the next week, and he would still be there. So it was like, wow, just a lot of mind games and yeah, body
0: games and absolutely. Yeah. And were you having like almost like PTSD from the first miscarriage? Oh, totally. like,
1: yeah, it's the same. Yeah, because you're like, oh, well, I know that this can happen and that my body, you know, yeah, can't will miscarry. So it just sort of it was hard for me to get attached to the pregnancy because I kept thinking that it was going to end Um, any minute, you know. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I still
0: I mean, my son through IVF now, people who are listening know this. He's seven and I still like when I wipe and there's no blood, I have like a little sigh of relief because I feel like (laughs) I have PTSD from so many times when I'd be like, please, no blood, please, no blood. And there would be blood and I'd be yeah. having a miscarriage or something yeah. like that. So mm-hmm. do you have that too? Like that it's I feel oh, like totally it with you.
1: Totally. Totally. Yeah. I have, you know, just vivid memories of, of, of that time. And just, yeah, yeah. It's a, you know, it's more blood than you've ever seen in your life during the right. time where you're supposed to be not bleeding at all. Right. right
0: And it must've been so terrifying going in for those appointments and, you know, expecting terrible news and, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then they're like, Oh, he's still, here's the heartbeat. And it's like, that's wild. Totally. totally wild. Yeah.
1: So what did you do like mentally to, to kind of get through that tough time? I just kept thinking, you know, okay, well at this point we've gone in several weeks and he's still been in there. And so, you know, my, on the other side of it with the type 1 my sort of job was to keep my blood sugars really really tight you know tighter than they had ever been mm-hmm. and so i focused on that and mm-hmm. trying to get my a1c which is sort of your average blood sugar down as low as i could get it without you know into dangerous zone um mm-hmm. just to try to protect him mm-hmm. and that was difficult because i had I also had hyperalysis so I was oh. re- it was really hard for me to not just like when I wanted to eat eat carbs right you know <laughs> right uh, which is sugar so it was it was the hardest thing you yeah. know heart that heart my pregnancy. body has done was definitely that. yeah.
0: So was there ever a point where you, you were able, like maybe towards the end, able to be like, okay, this is happening. He's coming. Like it's going to be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, once we got, it was sort of like, once we got into the third trimester Mm. and he was born at 35 weeks, he was born early and probably because of all the bleeding, you know, just like Mm. it wasn't going to make it the whole time. But towards the end, I was like, all right, well, you know, it's sort of like when you're on a, tell me if this is just me, (laughs) (laughs) sort of like when you're on a plane and you're landing and you're like. Close enough to the ground where you're like, okay, if the engine failed now, we would still land. Yes, and we would still maybe be alive. Like, right. okay, we did it? Like, right? Like, we might, ground. we
0: might crash, but like, we will survive. <laughs> like, we
1: might still live. Yeah, right. That's a it great was sort of like analogy. Where I got like fr- far enough into the pregnancy where I was like, okay, well, if there's a catastrophic failure, we might be able to have help on the other side. Yeah. Um, That's a perfect way to say it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what, Um, but but yeah, my body, I mean, my body was just so tired by the time he was born because I had, I was, I, I had the, the bleeding and then I also had like, it started as tachycardia and like went into another heart issue, which was solved by, you know, not being pregnant anymore, but basically my body was like not having it, you know? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. with all these just stressors on it. And I to this day, I don't know if it was my type one. I don't know if it's just me and my genetics or Mm -hmm. what, but it was like, um, it was just a lot for my body. I was in and out of the hospital the whole time.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Um, Yeah. So
0: So what was it like when you finally got to, to see your baby giving birth, holding him finally after everything you'd been through at that point?
1: Oh my gosh, it was the coolest thing. I mean, well, my husband, so I went into labor early and my husband had a show in, um, Hartford, Connecticut. And okay. he, you know, I went in and saw my doctor's partner who was like, Oh, you're having contractions. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he was like, but you'll just walk it off and drink water and you'll be fine. Yeah. I was like, cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it feels different, but okay. And so Justin, my husband, went to the show across the country Mm -hmm. and barely made it back. I mean, within an hour of (laughs) my son being born. So it was like a big, it was a very big moment when he was born because A, you know, this pregnancy had been hell and B, Justin barely made it. And he was like, you know, somehow he had enough Wi-Fi on the plane where we were like, okay, if you have to watch this birth on FaceTime, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was close. It was wait, really- I feel like, does he tell this story in the show? I feel like that now that he you're does, saying it, I'm does. like, wait, and, I've heard we also, okay. we also did a parody, a Drunk History parody part okay. two on this one. So I'll okay. send you both of those for when you have time. <laughs> yes, That's um, amazing. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, so he made it back in time and then you're holding time, your baby.
1: Oh, he was, you know, Jack was born. It was one of those things. And again, tell me if I'm crazy with this too, but like the whole time <laughs> I was pregnant and this is like, aside from all the crazy, you know, health issues that I had, like, did you feel like you didn't believe there was a human inside of you? Like you wouldn't oh, believe 100%. it until you like yes. how did it just 100%. how did this happen? Like oh yes. Like I was like, I thought I was gonna like give birth to a cat or something. I don't know what I thought, but when he came out and he was a human baby, I was so <laughs> relieved. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know? totally. And I'll never forget that little sound, that little, ee, ee, little oh like a baby God. bird almost. I mean yeah. just sweetest. Oh my yeah. gosh, it was a complete shock. It's so weird.
0: Like pregnancy, the fact that you like made a human is well, when
1: you think about it, you're like, what? It's, it's almost so like well, it's like that Schrodinger's cat thing where you're like, well, I didn't see him go in. So he may or may not be a human baby in my belly. I don't know. You know, totally.
0: Oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> his name is Jack and he's three. He just turned four in December. Oh, four. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. And tell me about when did you guys talk about baby number two or the next one?
1: So I had been told pretty early on, and this is um, so when I, when I gave birth to Jack, the placenta just did not come out and they were like, oh, okay. So you have an accreta or a procreta Mm -hmm. and we need to go in and get it. They went in to manually pull it out and they just couldn't, they couldn't get all of it. I'll describe that, though, as probably the most painful part of the entire yes. process, because you're, I mean, again, with the- This of a vaginal this birth? This was a vaginal, yes. Gotcha. So, so it's sort of like you're a puppet at that point, and they're going in and getting the placenta out of Oh, my you. God. It's insane. <laughs> it's insane. I know. I'm sorry. You can the visual. <laughs> no, I'm not cutting that. Um, <laughs> but that was the point where I was, like, screaming for the meds. I was like, the, oh. this is, yeah. But- so they couldn't, they couldn't get it all. They thought maybe they did, you know? Um, but then I bled for eight more weeks after pregnancy and I had already been bleeding the ins- this entire time. So then they were like, all right, well, you need to come back in and we'll do, we'll surgically remove everything. Yeah. Um, so I went in for basically a DNC, I, I guess, although if it, you know, because it had grown into the wall, of the uterus, I'm not sure what else was involved, but mm. basically What they told me afterwards was that they filled my uterus with fluid in order to see what was going on. Mm -hmm. And the tissue, the placental tissue that was still in there, was so vascular that it just sucked all of that fluid immediately into my lungs. Oh my God. So they couldn't, they woke me up from the surgery. I woke up, I was, I mean, they just gave me like a little bucket and they were like, you need to cough up this fluid (gasps) for the next couple of hours. And then we'll try the surgery again another time. And I was like, no, thanks. I've never (laughs) heard of such a thing. Wow. So there was, so, so basically, you know, there's still scar tissue, a lot of scar tissue in there. So I -hmm. went and saw a specialist and she was like, well, maybe don't do this again. Um, yeah. Would they but, describe
0: that as Asherman syndrome? Did they tell you that it was called that or is it just, no, they, they didn't? didn't,
1: but maybe okay. I don't know what that is. So it could possibly, I mean,
0: yeah, it's that's also usually- a blur.
1: So <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I know it's Um, I don't know a lot about Asherman's, but what I do know is it's something about scar tissue in the uterus. And it sometimes it happens after a DNC or sometimes it happens just after pregnancy, but it, yeah.
1: So a lot of times yeah, it prohibits I, yeah. you
0: from being able to get pregnant again, if they don't get right. rid of the scar tissue.
1: Exactly. So it was sort of one of those things where it was like, how are they going to get rid of this without my body acting? Like they, my, my doctor was like, we didn't expect this. This is, she was like, this is something that happens to like 80 year olds. Oh my <laughs> I was God. Like, cool. <laughs> cool. Again, thanks. thanks body, you know, right. Medical anomaly. That's yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, Difficult for them mm-hmm. to perform the procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, And I sort of felt like, okay, I'm being told that my body doesn't handle this stuff very well. And now I have a baby. Right. And so, this, you know, high risk doctor that we talked to was like, you know, maybe you consider if you are want to do this again, you know, don't carry yourself mm-hmm. or, you know, so it, it sort yeah. of left me at this place where I was like, oh, I, Never thought that I was not going to be able to have more than one kid, mm-hmm. or carry the my own children. Both of my, I mean, I, kn- I knew we wanted two, mm-hmm. and so I sort of started in my head the struggle of like, can I even let go of control enough to consider this as an option? Mm-hmm. You know, to consider surrogacy mm-hmm. and eventually it became clear that I shouldn't put my body at risk when I already have a baby to take care of. Mm -hmm. And so I I had to sort of come to that though. It was a, it was sort of a war in my head. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's not an easy decision. And did you also have almost going through like a grieving process of like not being able to carry having to let go of that piece of it?
1: Totally. And, you know, worrying, and I still have this where it's like, will this Next child resent me for Mm. not carrying them, even though they don't know who carried them and where. But like, you know, I don't ever want to have a. I don't want it to be a secret. And you know, will that divide them as siblings? Mm -hmm. Will you know? Will she resent me? Will she resent Jack? You know, like, right? I don't know. It's all. It's all. You know, things that my friends and family would describe to me as like that's crazy, but I don't think that's crazy at all. I don't, I think it's valid. I don't
0: think that she will resent you, but I think having those concerns is totally valid. Like that's a real
1: human concern when you go through something like this. Um, and you know, I just didn't want to, I didn't want my kids to not have the same I everything. experience, <laughs> Yeah. It's coming into this world. And I yeah. never envisioned that that would be, yeah. the case, you know, I
0: was just reading some article that was saying when people are donor conceived or, you know, surrogacy conceived that it's good to tell the kids like early and often to just kind of get them used to the story. So it's not like a big reveal and like a big thing, you know, right. But then again, it was like, but don't dwell on it too much. Cause then it makes it, it like has the opposite effect. So it's like, you almost have to find that sweet spot of like, being transparent with them, but not making it like a huge thing. So I don't know. There's a lot of good books out there though. Now like children's books and stuff that explain, you know, assisted reproduction, reproductive technology and surrogacy and donors
1: more and more now that people are actually talking about it, which is totally. Yeah. 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 I actually did get one off of, uh, Amazon that, you know I think also a lot of people self-publish things which like I'll you know I'll give it a whirl and um, sure and it's like you know I think it was called maybe grown in another garden or something like that I want to give a shout out to that author whoever you are because it was very like you know here's what you need you need a uterus in order to grow a baby and maybe you know mom's uterus isn't the place where the the right garden for the baby to grow like too many weeds or something (laughs) exactly it's way too many weeds. (laughs) yeah as you know from just my surrogate katie and i have such a good relationship that i totally plan on having her in our lives and Mm. being Mm -hmm. um really you know just transparent about all of that and I i'm hoping that it's exciting yeah. Like, oh my and gosh, it, you, you know, like that I can say to my daughter, you were so loved Yeah, that we found a way to get you here. Yes. We couldn't do it. Just the two of us, you know? Mm,
0: totally. So I'm hoping. Yeah. That. I mean, in and it's, it's, you know, similar, but different. Like my son was IVF conceived and my daughter was not. So I have the same concerns and mm-hmm. he's old enough now. We're like, and he hears me doing the show and he hears me on my support groups and stuff. And he's like, what is IVF? Like he's like I know the NBA like he's just like I'm like yeah "Yeah." (laughs) (laughs) I'm like no it's like an acronym but um so I'm at that point too where like he doesn't really understand but it's like there's that concern because he was conceived differently but Mm -hmm. like you said what I always say to him is I still can't believe you're here I say that to him every single day because I can't and you know it's like. You were wanted so badly mm-hmm. that I would have done anything and we had to do it this way. Like you were made in a lab, like that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah, it really is. So I th- I'm trying to make it exciting, like you were saying, but it's tricky. I don't know the answer.
1: Totally. I mean, well, especially because you think of back when we were kids, when when this was all just getting started and people would call other kids test tube babies. babies. Yes. And that was like the biggest insult yes. you could possibly... Hundred percent. Someone and I'm like, oh my god, you know. Yes. As an adult, it's like that is so cool that we can make babies in a test tube. It's wild. I get it.
0: (laughs) It is so cool. So were you guys? Were you and Justin on the same page about? Okay, we're going to have to go the surrogacy route, or did you have any hard conversations about that?
1: We did. You know, I think um, he he is and has always been just so supportive of. Has never made me feel bad about having these sort of shortcomings with my body or however we want to, you know, describe it. Mm -hmm. He has always, he's just always been like, okay, well, what do we need to do? Mm What do you feel comfortable with? Mm -hmm. And so it was really the sort of thing that I had to come to terms with. He was going to be on board with, with that. Mm -hmm. And I know that he also wanted more than one kid and, you know, we, that was what we were planning on, you know, plans are so funny. Right. 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 But so he, you know, we basically, we just had to have a conversation about logistically, how does this work? You know, what do Mm -hmm. we need to do Mm -hmm. uh, in order to make this work? Because there's so much that goes into it. There's the IVF for me, there's the Mm -hmm. IVF for the surrogate, there's the legal, there's the money, there's Mm -hmm. the, it's just, it's a lot, um, and so, uh, it was basically just a willingness and an ableness to do what was needed in order to get Mm -hmm. where we are right now. So how did you get the ball rolling? Like,
0: how did you find, did you work with an agency or did you like ask friends who'd use surrogates or
1: like, where did did you begin? We started with a friend of ours who had used a surrogate. She Mm -hmm. had had um, just debilitating, uh, hyperemesis to the point where Mm. she was like constantly on an IV and just was like, can't do that again. Mm. Um, so they went, they hired, or sorry, they found their surrogate, I believe through an agency, wonderful woman who we ended up, um, actually meeting with and trying to pull her out of retirement, um, (laughs) to help us. And it was so, it was actually, that was and actually, I don't even know if my surrogate Katie knows this part of our story because it feels so separate now, but we did um, talk to her about caring for us and she was, she was going to come and do it. And we were actually, she was denied um, because she had had at that point, four kids of her own and two surrogacies. Oh, okay. And the rules are getting so stricter and stricter mm, about mm-hmm. surrogacy and surrogacy law. And that was where they draw the line that you can't have had more than six pregnancies.
0: Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm sure it's yeah. different state to state. Different too. state to state for sure. Yeah, but in
1: yeah. California. that's yeah. where they and and we were even. We were like so excited at that point to be sort of on track. Right. You know, we were like, oh my gosh, this was so much easier oh, really? than we thought it was going to be. Right. And we were like, what if we sign something that says, you know, we're okay with this being her seventh pregnancy? And they were like. No, 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 no doctor. We went to a couple different doctors. Um, No doctor would, would work with her, which was so weird. I mean, she's just this like, yeah. Doesn't drink, doesn't drink alcohol, gets up at 4am to work out. Like she was, she was just like a workhorse like of like textbook body. The opposite <laughs> of me. I'm like sitting here with my coffee and my <laughs> wine. Like, um, totally. and she was just, yes, she was just like, her body was, good at having babies right you now and she oh, that's totally such a bummer that that didn't work out so yeah so then we then we sort of mourned that loss and moved on and we started working with one of the bigger agencies um called hatch and they were wonderful however it was the beginning of covid mm-hmm. and nobody was matching with anybody it mm-hmm. was like there was a complete standstill in the mm-hmm. process Mm -hmm. of anybody getting a surrogate and anybody getting any embryos transferred and, you know, everybody was petrified and that was such a weird time. It was such a weird time. Yeah. And so we sort of waited that out for a while. And as the months went by, I got more and more anxious about getting older Mm -hmm. and my son getting older Mm -hmm. and this age gap that I hadn't planned on and totally Again, plans, right?
0: Oh my God, totally. Um,
1: so I got, you know, a little bit just antsy and I went searching and I found Megan Edgecombe who is, uh, she heads up an agency um, called Your Fertility Advocate. And I just want to give her a big shout out because she's so wonderful and boutique. Okay. And we ended up switching over to her agency and she uh, matched us with Katie right away. Oh, wow. Okay. And Katie was um, she had basically because she was sort of a newer agency and she had um, recruited a bunch of first time surrogates. Mm -hmm. And I think in the beginning, everybody thinks, oh, no, I want somebody with experience um, Mm -hmm. doing this. And I'm so glad we didn't do that. Like I was it actually ended up being so cool to go through this process, both of us completely green,
0: you know, um,
1: and not knowing what to expect and just taking right together. Yeah. um, And just having to trust the process together. And yeah. So we, we matched with Katie right away and had like a instant connection
0: with her. Okay. So just backtracking a little bit, were you able to start the IVF process while you were searching for the surrogate or was it like, we want to find
1: somebody first? We wanted to have the eggs frozen and ready gotcha. um, so that when we did find somebody that we were good to go. Yeah, because okay. you know, it's all it's kind of just everything is slow. And totally. so to have that part ready mm-hmm. was really helpful for you yeah. Know, just Okay, so now we got to do this legal stuff and now we got to Right. Know, There's so many steps. So how did so you do with the meds and stuff
0: especially with the type 1? Like did that have any
1: you know effect it, on it or it actually was okay for me? Oh, good. Good. I think compared to my pregnancy with Jack, it was almost a breeze. It was yeah. like, oh, okay, oh, so I do this thing and then I get, I have this procedure at right. the end of it, and then my body can rest again. Uh-huh. You know? Uh-huh. Um, and it was so, so it was sort of like I had this goal and I was ready, and right. it didn't matter that I felt kind of crummy doing it because yeah. it was only there's an be- end game. Exactly. There's like an end in sight. And it's yeah. way closer than the end of a pregnancy. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Cause it's like you have to do this
0: shot at this time. And you know, it's exactly. Kind of, if you follow the steps, then that happens. Yeah,
1: totally. It was like math. It was just yeah. like, yeah. okay, so I do this and then I do this and then I get right. this. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right.
0: And how did you guys do like embryo wise? Sorry,
1: we did did pretty good. Um, Well, so actually, (laughs) according to my, from how we started to how we ended, they Mm -hmm. would probably say that, that that was actually not so good, but because I attrition rate is crazy. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. We, when, when I came out, they told me we got 33 eggs Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. 33 kids. (laughs) Wow. You know, and then, you know, the number kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking shrinking And we ended up with, uh, four viable embryos. That's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember that when I did my retrieval, I think I got 29 or something. Yeah. And you're like in those rooms with like curtains. And I heard the woman next to me and she had only gotten 12. And I remember being so smug and I was like, "Hmm." (laughs) what a bitch. I can't believe I thought that like, I was like I but then like, of course totally mine was winning. like boom boom, yeah. boom and and at the end of the day I I only had one healthy embryo mm-hmm. after all that. So yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's wild.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know, they said a lot of it had to do with just age. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you had a lot, excuse me. You had a lot of eggs, but really only you know, so many of them are actually good. Yeah. Um, totally. Which makes sense I guess at that point, but mm-hmm. Man, I wish, you know, it's one of those things where like now people are freezing their eggs, which is awesome because really we don't realize that the quality of the eggs does go down.
0: I had no idea. I had no idea because I was going through, so I'm old. Um, (laughs) No, I am. And But when I was going through this, I was like in my late thirties with my son trying to have my son. So I was like, oh my God, like had I done this in my early twenties, like I would have like had so many less drinks in my history. Yeah. yeah. Cigarettes, you know, like all the bad totally. stuff that you do at party. Like I was like, oh my God, these eggs are so bad after all <laughs> the like craziness.
1: I know, I know, I know, I know. And yeah. So like my, uh, I have friends now who are, who are doing the egg freezing yeah. process. And like, Good. Like yeah. every, every totally. day that you do it is, is a good thing.
0: Totally. 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 Yeah. Okay. So tell me ba- going back to when you guys matched with Katie, what was it about her that you guys like
1: instantly sparked with, you know, it's funny. Cause it's like, it's kind of like dating where mm-hmm. you just sort of have to get a feeling from someone. Mm-hmm. And she was Gosh, I don't even, it was, and it's hard because we were on, we were on zoom, right? So with Megan, and so it felt very formal and it felt right. a little bit sterile, but it was yeah. like, okay, I can see through all of this, that she's just somebody I would be friends with, uh-huh. you know, super down to earth, super, just honest, mm-hmm. um, or at least it, it felt that way to me mm-hmm. that she was, had just. I don't know. She's just the coolest person. She had, it felt like she had the purest of intentions. And oh, just, that's so cool. I don't know. She's, she's just, I still think this about her and she knows it. We basically, you know, I, it's basically my love letter to her, but she's just one of the best people I've ever met.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: a selfless, cool, down to earth person. I know those are kind of cliche words, but it's really true. Yeah. No. And she, I feel like sometimes it's a feeling too. Like you
0: just probably had a good feeling about it. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think we really got lucky because we do have a, we just have a natural friendship mm-hmm. on top of this mm-hmm. you know, sort of agreement, mm-hmm. obviously that we have. Yeah.
0: Did she um, live nearby you or was she at, in a she different part of the country? Lo- it, it,
1: I mean, you as don't as have I, to
0: reveal I, any details.
1: Like, Oh no, that's okay. But, um, she's, I, I talked to her before this and she said, please just, don't describe how my nether regions look and all <laughs> everything else is on the table. Okay. Well, this um, episode is canceled. If we're not
0: going to get into that, because right? that was the whole point.
1: <laughs> no, they are, they're pretty local. They're in Glendora. So they're like 45 minutes to an hour from me. I'm in studio city. Okay. Um, so we decided that we would deliver in Pasadena, which is about halfway for both of us. Okay. Um, and we got really lucky with her being basically local because, you know, yeah going through this process, who their surrogate is in a completely different state, you know? Right. Yeah. Especially at this time, you know, when, when starting in 2020, like it was really slim pickings for people who were doing this during COVID Mm -hmm. and I don't blame them, you know, it's a really Mm -hmm. difficult thing to embark on at that time. Mm So,
0: yeah. So were you able to go to her appointments and stuff?
1: Yeah. Sometimes. Okay.
0: Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And then I saw the video. So what did what did you tell Jack when she I saw the video of him like touching her belly which was so yeah. cute in your compilation. So was she how did you explain it to him? Did you say like we're having a baby in there like kind of thing or like how yeah. did you explain yeah, it? Yeah,
1: we did. We you know, we started to talk to him about um and again, it's always scary to talk to a little kid about a baby coming because you don't know what's going to happen, right? But <laughs> Yeah. We um we started true. to talk to him pretty pretty early on, maybe like I don't know. 12 or 14 weeks into the pregnancy that there was going to be baby's sister. And that was very, so pretty abstract to him. And, mm-hmm. you know, he'd never asked whether, why baby sister wasn't growing inside mommy's belly. Okay. Um, so eventually I just sort of took the reins on it. And I said, do you want to hear something really cool? Baby sister is growing inside of our friend, Katie. And he, you know, took that in and yeah. didn't have too many questions about yeah. it. Right. Um, I'm sure he will in in time. Um, right. But yeah, so then every time we would see Katie, um, we would make sure to tell him like, look, do you see that baby yeah. sister is growing in here? And um, that time where he felt baby sister, he was like, do you hear that? And we were like, what? He goes, she's crying. Oh. <laughs> Like he was just like, okay, I can mix this up too, mom. Like, That's so cute. I can play along. Well, see, I
0: feel like you already did the perfect thing by
1: saying, want to hear something cool? You know, Mm -hmm. like framing it in that way is like really awesome. Yeah. I mean, I felt, I kind of felt like we had no other choice. You know, I was like, I've got to make this really cool. Yeah. It has to be awesome from the start.
0: Exactly. Um, So I should have asked you, was it the first transfer and that ended up working with Katie?
1: It did. Um, Okay. But we went through a a friend of mine who had her baby via surrogate. I went out to lunch with her right before we were supposed to transfer. And she was like, "Uh, so you're doing a mock cycle? And I was like, no, what's that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And She was like, definitely do a mock cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to have to, if you're, if something, if the embryo doesn't take, they're going to have you do a mock cycle next. Mm -hmm. So do it upfront so that, you know, your medications are correct. And Mm -hmm. like, I still thank her for that because Mm -hmm. our medications were not correct. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so had that, had the embryo not taken, we would have learned that later on. And we would have been like, Hmm, I wonder if that was why. Right. Okay. So they were able to tweak the like, yeah, progesterone and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's Mm -hmm. exactly as you would do for a transfer cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm uh but instead of doing a transfer you do a biopsy mm-hmm. and so you biopsy the the um uterine lining just to see that everything was how receptive changed. it is and all exactly. that and what the levels are yeah yeah so there oh, was cool. an extra day or two added of mm-hmm. progesterone at the end mm-hmm. um and luckily we took because oh it my was gosh. Not our best quality embryo okay and so we were nervous from the start about whether it would take were you guys able to decide which embryo, or did the doctor decide, or how did you come to that? We decided we wanted to try for the girl. We were curious about the girl. Um, yeah, there, the rest of our embryos uh, were boys, and so okay. we were sort of like, okay, well, if, as long as in this weird process we have the choice, mm-hmm. I guess we'll. See yeah, what the girl is like completely. Um, and so that was what we decided to do, but that she was like a day behind on, mm-hmm. um, development mm-hmm. uh, of the, of the lining or the, uh, I don't know, her edges were not as, as clean, I guess. Okay. Say. Okay. So, um, but a lot of times, but she was genetic, it was genetically, it was normal. So they were like, you know, it it's either going to take her. Or it's not. And if it takes right. it's the same as any other quality. Embryo. Right. Yeah. That's so cool. So what, when did you find out that Katie was pregnant and how did that go? Well, we knew that we were going to do her beta test, you know, nine, nine or 10 days after transfer. And we both were, she, oh, she had some cramping Mm -hmm. and I was like, Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) and we were like, should we check, you know, should we, should we? And we decided to check because we were like, I would rather know going into it. That it didn't work, yeah. Then get like sort of this solemn hundred you know, percent so sorry message from the doctor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she t- so she took a pregnancy test with me on Facetime, and we both couldn't believe it that she was, we were like, oh my God, I can't believe it worked. Like what? We were oh waiting. my God. I think you That's have so fun. You have this low bar. When totally. This IVF or oh, this whole process where you're like, oh, there's no way this is working. You know, mm-hmm. this is crazy. Um, so when she was pregnant, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe that we took this embryo mm-hmm. that is not yours and put mm-hmm. it inside your body and it's, and now you're pregnant. It's, I mean, that's wild. wild.
0: It's wild. <laughs> it is wild. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. So what was the, in your video again? Sorry to keep referencing this, no, but it was, okay. it's really stuck with me. So what did you guys text? Like we made a human or something like that or what? what yes. Yes. Okay.
1: Like every <laughs> still to this day, we text, I can't believe we made a baby. <laughs> like, I can't believe we made a baby. It's so It's yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it really is like, you know, and I will say this, that, you know, she went through so much with this pregnancy mm. and I didn't, you know, there, that's doesn't come through enough in that little video that I made, but she, so she had very easy pregnancies with her kids, Okay. Um, which is probably what led her to this thinking that this was, you know, going to be hopefully a, a piece of cake yeah. for someone else. Right. That's what, that's what we all hope going into pregnancy. And it just wasn't it wasn't, I don't know if it was because it wasn't her genetic material. I don't know Mm. if it was just like every pregnancy is different. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was age. I don't know. I really don't know, Mm -hmm. but she, I mean, I bow down to her forever for what she went through. She had severe preeclampsia. She had, she her she had heart issues too. She went into AFib at one point. Oh, wow. She was admitted to the hospital for preeclampsia and for her heart. Scary. She was like this pregnant woman in the, um, telemetry ward. Oh, wow. All these cardiac doctors are like, what are you doing here? No, 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 we can't, we got to get you out of here. You can't be in this, you know, down in labor and delivery. So, um, but yeah, so she was, she was in the hospital in and out of the hospital as well. And just trying to keep her blood sugar, sorry, blood pressure down. Mm -hmm. And her, her AFib was resolved, uh, within a few days. So that was good, but it was scary. Mm -hmm. That is scary.
0: Wow. So when the baby was born, can you tell us a a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically we, she had finally been, uh, discharged from the hospital for those, for that stuff and her medications Mm -hmm. were tweaked and she got to go home for a little while. And we went into our, uh, final, what was supposed to be our final NST non, non-stress test for uh, the baby before we were going to induce because the preeclampsia, we had an induction Mm. date just to, for Katie's own protection. And then, so we didn't think, you know, things were back to normal. We thought, (laughs) and Rosie failed the NST. Like she was just not giving us anything on the, on the monitors. Oh, and so once again, we were told to go to L and D and get her checked out and do a, you know, what do they call it? A BPP, a biophysical profile okay. just to make sure that everything was okay with her, that she was just sort of giving mm-hmm. us the business. And it just, she just wasn't, she mm. was, her lines were pretty flat. And so we were like, okay, we're inducing. And so I was there with like, we, you know, both of us were not prepared. We were like, oh, we didn't. We thought we were going home back home today. Like I had like appointments that day, you know? Right, 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 Um <clears throat> And so we ended up staying, staying at the hospital at that point. They, oh, and she was breech. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So they, they, you know, during this biophysical profile, they were like, oh, by the way, she's breech. And we had, and she had been um flipping around so much. Like sometimes she'd be head down and we would celebrate and then she would be back completely Mm -hmm. breached the next, Uh you know, two days later. Uh And so they decided to do a version where like they flip her.
0: I've heard that's really painful. I never had that. both my kids were breached, but I had planned C-sections, so they didn't try to turn them, but I've heard that that is very painful.
1: Yeah. So basically my doctor, uh, Dr. Barnes, who I love so much. Yeah. yeah. Um, she (laughs) was like, I've got I'm batting a thousand on versions. Like she's oh. always been able to flip a baby. Okay. So what she does is she like gives an epidural so that it's, you know, or a spinal, I guess. Um, so that it's not painful, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and they do it in the OR so that if something goes wrong, they just go into a C-section basically. Okay. okay. So that was a little scary. Yeah. Especially because she wasn't, she hadn't passed her NST that day. And, you know, I just right. didn't know what was going on. And so, but they were able to flip her. So oh she was, I know. So she Dr. was. Dr. Barnes. Her, so yes. Right. Still adding <laughs> a thousand. We were still <laughs> able to have the kind of birth that Katie wanted to have, obviously, which, oh. um, you know, and that we all wanted for her. And, and for the baby and so um by so that was i want to say at like 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. on the 19th and Rosie was born by 11 a.m. the next day mm-hmm. 11 or 12 maybe okay yeah.
0: wow <laughs> that's
1: incredible I so know.
0: rosie what a cute name so before we wrap, um, I know that you said that you thought it was so important to talk about this stuff. I'd love to hear like for someone that might be just starting out in the surrogacy world or like feeling lost or like just confused or overwhelmed. Do you have any words of advice or like anything that you have learned, things that you know now that you wish you knew then or anything like that that you want to share? Um,
1: I guess the first thing that comes to mind for me is just, you know, I I'm sure that people going through this process, even though you know that it's your way to the next baby, that there's still this guilt and this sort of, you know, can I give this amount of control to another human being to carry this Mm -hmm. child? And you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can. You can do it. Like it's it's I know that it it it's totally this huge mental hurdle, or at least it was for me. And I am so happy that I got there because I could never have expected what I got out of this journey, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's just, it's obviously so much different than what I had planned and what we had planned for our Mm -hmm. family, but it's incredible that it, it, uh, it's, it's incredible that it can happen. Like it's incredible that we have the science and the tools that are needed to bring kids into this world when, Mm -hmm. you know, you yourself can't carry your baby. And Mm -hmm. I guess my advice would be as, as difficult as that mental hurdle is, the faster you can get there, the better, Mm -hmm. because you're probably about to go on this journey that you could have never imagined. You know, it's just, it's incredible. It's a relationship that is like no other in my life, obviously, you know, we have this connection forever where she did this thing for us that I'm like, there's no amount of uh, flowers and food that can ever, (laughs) you know, that can ever thank her, but. Right. You can't like DoorDash a thank you. (laughs) Exactly. And believe me, I have, I'm like, here, I'm sending you, I'm sending you all the door dash gift cards for tonight. Right. Um, yeah, there's just, there's really no amount of, um, no amount of gifts that that could ever thank her. But also I think that, you know, if she were here, she would also say that this was a journey. This was something completely new for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as you get older, there's just so little completely new experiences. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it was incredible and we didn't know what to expect and we were totally on the ride together and I'm just so grateful for her. And so I feel like, you know, anybody who's just starting out, even if you don't have if you if you don't end up having that sort of super tight relationship because I know that for a lot of people it's not it's not possible maybe Mm -hmm. for some reason or another you're too far away or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, you know, like I totally get it that we got lucky in that way. But, um, even without that, there's good stuff coming on the other side and like that you're going to learn about yourself and letting go (laughs) through the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would just say, go for it. If you can do it, if you can, if you can make it happen and that's what you're going towards.
0: mean was that not amazing i love her thank you so much jill thank you so much justin guys please check them out on do the drunk history thing google it it's on youtube and check out justin's show magic for humans and check out jill on instagram too she is a really talented interior designer and photographer so you can follow her on there But I also wanted to let you guys know, if you don't already, that Fertility Rally is out there and waiting for you guys. If you're looking for a safe space to land, if you're looking for a group of people who fucking get it, please check us out. We are a community. We've got four support groups a week. We have three private Facebook groups. We've got tons of videos and resources on our website. We've got just an amazing community that's ever growing and ever evolving. And we would love for you to check us out. So our website is fertilityrally.com, or you can check us out on Instagram at fertilityrally. But thanks again to Jill for sharing her story. And I will talk to you guys next time.